Today on The Topping Show, Hershey hires a trans woman for their Canadian International Women's Day. The Daily Wire launches a chocolate product under their She, Her, and He, Him campaign. Biden had cancer. Trump was the biggest highlight of CPAC. Ford reignites their hands-free driving. And Tesla has yet another recall. All of that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN and Topping Technologies. ExpressVPN helps protect your online data, and Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. If you're a business owner or an IT leader in needs, you can reach them at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Jumping into the business part of the podcast, Nordstrom said that they were going to say goodbye to Canada. Nordstrom is one of the premier high-end department stores headquartered in Seattle, Washington, and they have for the longest time legendary customer service. There used to be a joke in a age old, not theory, but an actual legend that you could return tire chains to the department store. And it just was an exemplar, an example of their unparalleled customer service. The customer's always right. So I looked into it and it actually has some roots in truth. So back and this is just a story that every business should learn from. Great example. So Nordstrom bought three stores in Alaska. And according to the article I read, one of the stores that they bought used to actually sell tires and tires change and and tire chains. And of course, Nordstrom bought the store and re-retrofitted the whole store to be a men's clothing department in particular for that store. And a man came in and he said, hey, I bought these chains from here earlier. Will you take them back? And the cashier looked at the manager and go, yeah, we'll give them their money back tire chains and it is just a legendary store i had some uh, family work frontline there growing up and just great stories about hot, great people and some really good customers too now unfortunately the clothing store they're going to be closing 13 stores across canada which correlates to about 2,500 jobs this is coming in recent light, light of eric nordstrom becoming the ceo a couple years back he and his brothers actually helped expand the company internationally throughout the years and were behind a lot of their major initiatives. Some people are starting to question Eric's leadership. They transitioned for most of the company history, the family kind of shared power. So even if they had a CEO, uh, the brothers, they would all work together and most of the power was more ceremonial when it comes to a CEO or a particular title. They'd all kind of vote on things. And a couple years back, Eric took a little bit more ownership of the situation, becoming the full-blown CEO. And some people calling for his work designation. It'll be interesting to see how they can turn things around. They're not the only retailer coming out of Canada or decreasing their global presence, but it's a great brand and great story, great company, always giving great service. So I know retail is, uh, it's cliche to say it's rough, but I think long-term, they're still going to be around for quite some time. Now Ford is going to jumpstart their hands-free driving again. They just revealed a subsidiary called Latitude AI. It's going to be based in Pittsburgh and has, thankfully, 550 former employees of Argo AI. And that company was actually a Ford-backed self-driving company that they closed that closed in October. So it's nice to see that Ford's going in and kind of doing the right thing as best they can where rehiring some of those talents, bringing them back on. The Latitude will support Ford's Blue Cruise system, which enables hands-free driving, but still requires the driver to observe the street and able to handle interventions at a moment's notice. And there's some people speculating how much of that is needed versus how much of it is from regulatory pressures where 
certain lawmakers, certain areas. They just, they, for safety concerns, but also for just mentality, a lot of them really want to have that message of you should always be paying attention if you're in the driver's seat, which I agree with. I'm sure within my lifetime, they'll have the computers advanced enough with all the sensors advanced enough where conceivably you'll never have to do anything. They already have that in beta mode, a lot of areas, but eventually it'll become mass technology, I believe. Though, I still say you can't beat a stick shift with three pedals. That's just me. Now, Ford also said that their sales rose more than 20% in February 2023 compared to 2022, with the F-150 sales increasing 22%. Now, even more astonishingly enough, their EV sales increased 88% last year. Granted, again, always look at the bigger picture and make sure you look at every side of the equation. It grew by 88%, but you have to ask yourself, perhaps only one of the few interesting things or accurate things I learned in college is business statistics is always ask yourself, know your sample size. So in this case, they said EV sales grew by 88%. That's great. Big picture, that only represents 2.9% of the Ford automaker sales in February. So it is increasing, but overall, it's a smaller part of their portfolio. Now, here's an interesting example and something that fascinates me the most, most is when you have business, culture, and politics all interweaving together. And the next two bullet points or categories or subjects perfectly talk about that interweaving of, the, of all the three subjects. Now, Hershey's recently revealed a campaign called Hershey. So they misspelled it, so it's H-E-R-S-H-E. And this is kind of reminiscent of the much, much, much bigger chocolate company, Mars Inc. And when they had their, which is Hershey's biggest competitor, because Mars Inc. owns a lot of the brands that you think of, including M&M's, which recently had a marketing campaign in 2022, and now where they have a new character who is trans, and they redid a couple of the incumbent characters' features. Now... Hershey's is using uh, a trans woman to celebrate International Women's Day in their advertisement materials in Canada, including uh, print as well as digital. So the actual candy bar wrapper will have that person's image on there. The new candy bar is called, campaign is called Her, uh, sorry, Her For She. And that is a Canadian promotion for International Women's Day and will feature five activists on the candy cover. The current five features are going to be the Wisdom to Action founder, uh, Trans uh, Faye Johnstone, which I did do some research, no relation to Cold Stone G, uh, Steve Johnson. So I thought Steve, I thought Steve might be in some play, but I haven't seen him in the news for a while. So it is not Stone Cold Steve Austin's any relation, no relation. Uh, the second person is in, Indigenous rights activist Autumn Pelter. Uh, third person is climate act, climate technology researcher Nela Malalo. Fourth person um, individual is gender and educational activity Rita Audi. And then the last is Girl Up founder Kalicia Masila with Faye Johnstone being the biggest highlight of the campaign at the moment where that's a lot of where the marketing is being put on. And the, there's been a lot of controversy about this individual. Johnston recently criticized someone who said that male rapists who identify as trans shouldn't, should not be allowed in women's prisons. 
and Johnston argued that they must be put in women's prisons. So that was a certain criticism point. Johnstone also said, and I quote unquote, I actively do want a political environment in which TERFs are so vilified they dare not speak their views publicly, let alone act on them, shut them down. And I do more research on this. So a TERF is a acronym, and that is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And I did a little bit more research, and that's something that people are criticizing uh, J.K. Rowling for in the past and kind of in tarnishing her, I want to say her long-term, not career because she wrote the books, but perhaps her legacy. So there's a lot of controversy, controversial around how she's handling that. She's calling herself a traditional feminist um, in the fact that um, biological women in that regard. So she is a I guess she's excluding the trans. And again, this is my more main forte is a business and advertising. I'm learning a lot about this. And I tried to do more due diligence on John Stone's Twitter, but I couldn't. And I say that because you, it's not visible to the public. So if you click it and then they approve you, so you have, sorry, you have to click follow. If they approve you, then you can see the posting materials. And I kind of think that's a little bit disingenuous not to have that data out there i mean anyone could see my twitter granted it's boring as all to some folks i'm sure but it's out there for the world to see and just based on the fact that this individual is wanting to shame others and not share their opinions i feel that's not a great thing for hershey's to highlight i think every again i said it once i'll say it before i may not agree with what you have to say but i'll fight to the death for your right to say it and I think free communication and speech is the cornerstone of, some say America, I say humanity. I mean, it's how the best ideas come to the top and it's how you learn is learning about different ideals. And if you're not allowed to express those, you just become an echo chamber, which isn't how anyone really grows. And so from my personal perspective, in terms of a marketing campaign, I think Hershey's has chosen someone more, maybe... I want to say more appealing to the masses to get the greatest number of prospective clients to buy your product. So Eddie Izzard is a trans, um, he's a man who translates to a woman. He, or sorry, Eddie? Yeah, so Eddie, yeah, it is Eddie Izzard, ran 32 marathons in 31 days for charity, raised a quarter million pounds. That's extremely commendable. That's awesome. And there's a great interview on Joe Rogan, episode 1289, where Joe Rogan interviews Eddie, and he talked about all the achievements and how much they've done. I think that would be a stronger candidate for a forefront from a marketing campaign. I feel like our, Hershey's didn't do enough research on this. And also Hershey's, if you're selling chocolate, I would still argue you want the biggest mass appeal. And it seems like with a campaign like this, it's more of a niche. And it's interesting to see that go out. And also, Perhaps I would also choose different individuals for to celebrate Women's Day. Personally, I mean, obviously I'd pick, if I had to pick five to really, I think the United States is a month. If I want to put five women, I put obviously my mom, she's all, she's the best, obviously. But second, I put Mary Cur Maria or Marie Curry, who is behind the theory of radioactivity. So if you ever got an x-ray in your life and appreciate those medical innovations, she was the cornerstone of that whole theory that led to save millions Heck, countless lives. One of the best inventors in history. Second, I would say Stephanie Qualick. 
Now, she is the inventor of Kevlar when she was working at DuPont. So she invented perhaps the greatest invention in history when it comes to actually saving lives. Every police department, military, before the invention of carbon ceramic body armor, they used Kevlar vests, also known as bulletproof or body armor. Kevlar being a material so dense and so woven together so tightly, bullets can't penetrate it. So instead of having a bullet go through you, it would just hit you. Granted, you still have damaged ribs, but you live. I mean, Stephanie, if, if any woman should be advertised as truly exceptional, I think Stephanie is one of the greatest inventors in history because of that contribution in and of itself. Now, other great inventions are also Maria Beasley. She invented the life raft, great invention. And then Mary Anderson, she invented the windshield wiper, which if you ever driven in the rain, exceptionally important. So it's interesting to see Hershey's come out with this campaign. It seems to be advertising to very few, which depending on what you do as a business, if I was a chocolate company or soda company, I would want every customer. The most important thing about business is knowing your clients. That being said, I think the Daily Wire is brilliant because they know their customers, they are appealing to them. Going off of that, so the Daily Wire and Jeremy Boring, the co-founder, he launched a chocolate campaign. So they actually launched a product to compete against Hershey's. And it's only 48 seconds long, so I'm gonna play it. And I think it gives a good summary of it and we'll analyze it. International Women's Day is upon us again. And I love an international woman. But our friends over at Hershey's, they don't even know what a woman is. They've hired a biological male to be the spokesperson for their Women's Day campaign. And they're calling that campaign, and I swear I'm not making this up, her, she. Her, she. It's humiliating. And it's the reason that I'm launching Jeremy's Chocolate. We have two kinds. She, her, and he, him. One of them's got nuts. If you need me to tell you which one it is, keep giving your money to Hershey's. But if you're tired of giving your money to woke corporations that hate you, and you're looking for a delicious chocolate bar from a company that actually wants your business, head over to IHateHershey's.com and order Jeremy's Chocolate today. International. So that is one of, it already has 8.5 million views on the Daily Wire LinkedIn page and on link, oh, sorry, not LinkedIn page. I'm so used to that default for business talk on their YouTube channel. And that brilliant, that commercial was brilliant for a couple reasons. And the first one was being the Daily Wire. They were a news organization and political commentators. In the video, he had two of his biggest stars, stars on the show. So he had Brett Cooper, who is known for the comment session with Brett Cooper, millions of subscribers. She has some really interesting takes that I appreciate. So she's the one who is standing there and she receives the, what is it, the she, her? She received that chocolate bar. And then to Jeremy's left is Michael Knowles, who is another brilliant, I would say really talented commentator and podcaster, YouTuber that works for the Daily Wire. And I, it was hard for me not to laugh because as soon as uh, Jeremy was saying nuts, I mean, Michael was smiling like like a kid in middle school. It was quite interesting and charming. And is also, so in that commercial, he highlighted two of their top talents. So if you're watching that commercial, you're going to wonder who those people are. That's going to direct traffic to their YouTube channels, to their podcast outlets. So that's really smart to advertise for your own company in that regard. The commercial is under 30 seconds. You have Jeremy being the owner of the company, putting a face to the brand, shows you the product. And I thought one of the most brilliant things is they bought that URL. And that's something where 
for maybe over a decade, conservatives have conservatives and Republicans have complained that all these companies only care about people on the left, and you know they don't they don't cater to, towards us. They don't care about our needs. Well, yeah, that's kind of true because you never speak up. It's like so it's hard to for the companies really to know or care if one side doesn't say anything and one side gets upset or happy. They're going to placate the needs of the louder side. So Daily Wire instead of kicking the can down the road, they've decided to start their own product to cater towards their actual customers, their customers being conservative folks because it's a conservative media outlet. And this is brilliant because you have two chocolate companies that have taken on politics on the left, or some would say to the left, and no one's really catering to the right or the middle even. It's a brilliant chess move in business and this isn't the first time, it's actually the second the Daily Wire did a similar campaign called Jeremy's Razors, where after Gillette had that toxic masculinity commercial, and then later, Harry's Razors dropped the Daily Wire because Michael Knowles, who was in this video, he had the audacity, he actually said, you know, men are men and women are women. So two tweets complaining about Michael Knowles led to the cancellation of Harry's Razors sponsoring the Daily Wire, which in retrospect was a great thing for the company because it jump-started this initiative. So they're getting a multiple subscription with the razors. And now they have this chocolate as a high-end commercial, great graphic or great video production. Their voices all sound phenomenal. And in terms of building a parallel economy, we are seeing that more and more in the United States for better or worse, it's happening. So to cater their, to their customers so perfectly, in this case, I actually think it's an exceptional business move and a move on the chessboard, some might say tactically them to cater to their audience with a quick, funny, info informational commercial, and they're introducing a product that no one had ever thought about chocolate being a political thing, but now that, it's it, now that it is a thing for the people who care enough, you actually have a choice. So that's a brilliant move by the Daily Wire, and it'll be interesting to see what else they do for their fans and for their customers. And the most important thing in business is take your care of your customers, they will take care of you. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, we have Sheriff Grady Judd arrest a rapper who made a video about his crime. And Polk County Judge Sheriff Grady is known as, quote unquote, America's Sheriff, which is kind of a popular, I mean, it's an interesting title to have. And perhaps it's because he doesn't abdicate responsibility and actually carries out the law and reinforces the law, as opposed to some who abdicate from that completely in some cases. Now, the self-proclaimed rapper Ladarion or Darian Chandler, no relation to Chandler from Friends. I I did a Google on that or Brave. And he is a 19-year-old man who I should say, I guess allegedly killed and I quote unquote John Bang Bang uh, McGee shooting him in the back allegedly, I guess. And then later making a rap about that specific crime. Perhaps not the most prudent move. Uh, little Darian was arrested when he was 11 years, 11 years old, 13 year old, 14 year old, 15 year old, and then again, 17 year old, before he was just recently picked up on probation by Sheriff Grady and his team. And kind of goes into the overall culture of the decline of just society and the family and just community. There's no reason people should have to re or that we should be glorifying these instances or 
having people slip through the cracks. There's a lot of metaphors. What choose the one that best suits you? But who is dumb enough to make a? I know rap. They usually proclaim lots of things, but to brag about a specific crime you committed, of course you're going to be caught. That. I was just completely shocked, but I'm actually more shocked that a sheriff is enforcing the law. That's great to see that more and more. And there are a lot of great police and sheriff departments out there. But in terms of culture, I don't know why we have. It's fascinating to think that some people that music is talking about specific instance of crime is glorified again and again and again. I don't understand it. It'll be interesting to see if that trend continues throughout the years. Now, going to the politics, Trump was the big highlight of CPAC, which, if not in politics or just an average person, you don't know what the hell it is. And I barely knew about it growing up. So CPAC is the acronym word for Conservative Political Action Conference. And it's a four-day-long conference. And I can't imagine that, unless you are presenting or running for president, that must be one of the most boring things on the planet. Because I've seen clips of it, and it's just, you have a couple of highlight speakers that try to make it interesting, but... For many years, politics isn't an exciting, interesting thing to a lot of people. I find it fascinating just because of the chess strategic and all the initiatives behind it. Now, when Trump actually walked on stage, he was introduced as the next president of the United States. And we'll interest to see. So the, just he's actually number five of the pack. So I should say there are five candidates in the Republican Party thus far. So. Uh, actually, November 11th, Corey Stapleton, who's a former Montana secretary, declared he's, he's running for president. And then November 15th, Trump announced he was running for president, which I was, I was shocked. No one, everyone thought Trump was the first one. He was just the first one with a big enough background where people re really noticed. So fast forward January for, uh, 31st, or yeah, January 31st, Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor, announced she was going to be running for presidency. And one more... And then I can't, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I apologize. I can't pronounce all the names correctly. And then February 29th, Vivek Ramos, Ramosway announced that he'd be running for president. He'd be a former pharmaceuticals entrepreneur and now political commentator throwing his hat into the ring. And Trump had a couple notes that got the most positive responses because he had a long speech, of course. And there are three bullet points that really if he wants to win, he should probably highlight because during the presentation and his speech, that's when the crowd had the greatest reaction. The three bullet points were culture war battles or culture war battles, if I can enunciate properly today, parental rights, and women's sports. And he, if he was clever, he would probably put those into every one of his political campaign messages because for many people, those are extremely important things that the culture needs to focus on. And probably the top one, if I had to pick one that I think that will gain him the most voters, potentially would be parental rights. If you look at, may, he lost for many reasons, but in 2020, if you look at the data of which voters had the greatest decrease, so people who voted for him in 2016 and did not vote for him again, if you look at that group of demographic of people, it is mainly stay-at-home moms. So if he could turn that around and not piss them off, both tall orders, but... We'll see. If he could focus on parental rights and really drive that point home, a lot of parents who might not normally vote will get out there and vote for him. So if he could focus on that perhaps one key issue that a lot of people care about, or I would argue everyone should care about parental rights, 
I know perhaps there's an opposing school of thought that says the government knows best and they're not your kids, they're the government kids. Um, but if he could focus on parental rights, that's going to win him the most political points in 2022, I think, during this campaign. And it is interesting to see he changed his mind when it came to mail-in ballots and early voting. And quote, unquote, we have to change our thinking because some bad things happen. You have to do it. Which, yeah, you do. It's one of those things where a lot of Republicans were fervently against the whole idea. They, they complained it was cheating because it's very easy to ballot harvest. It's very easy. The, the amount of manipulation is greater with those types of voting as opposed to traditional voting. They're just inherently less secure by definition. I'm not saying it's going to swing an election. It could or couldn't. We didn't see enough evidence presented to actually show us that it had in 2020. But I always tell Republicans when it comes to those things, just think of it as taxes. You love, or I also love too, using the tax code to your advantage. That's, that's Trump loves that. Think of that just like with voting. Those are the rules. If you want to win, follow those rules. Don't, don't ignore that mechanism that allowed Democrats to have a lot more votes than you during that last election and even during the midterm. So now that he's changing his mind on that and Republicans are finally waking up to those are the rules as written right now, if they could actually follow them and exploit them to their advantage, then maybe they stand a chance. And it also is interesting to find that Vivek altered his speech and him being an entrepreneur who's running for presidency and his pre-speech was leaked as things tend to do. And he was going to say that there were some things that he could deliver that Trump could not in regard to national unity, which per is probably true since that wasn't Trump's strong point. But Vivek chose not to say that during this, I want to say during this CPAC conference, which I think was clever because because more people, I know, and unfortunately, negativity sells, especially in politics. That's why you see a lot of smear campaigns. They are effective. But being classy in and of itself is a lot better, I feel. And Trump in particular, I don't know if you could insult him in the way that a traditional politician could. I'm not alone in this political analysis. Ben Shapiro had the same uh, idea where he's talking about you can't throw mud at Trump because he's already covered in mud. You can't. If you just say one extra thing, bad thing about him, he's not going to care. He's just going to make up a perhaps an interesting nickname or pejorative term for you. And it's not going to have the same effect where if you have a you know clean button-up politician who's never had a scandal in his life, then you say this one thing, they freak out. They go, oh, no. And they just, maybe, maybe even they bow out of the political race entirely. So I think it was clever for Vivek to not chose that. Makes him look classier because he's not attacking someone that there are a lot of people in the party who like him. And if you attack him, it's kind of those things, kind of like sports icons. People identify with the famous person. If you insult Trump, some of their voters are going to think, well, you're, you're insulting me because I, I voted for him. So Vivek to not do that, I think was a good political move. Good move on the chessboard for him. Now, interestingly enough, and unfortunately, it was announced that a biopsy found that, President, that, um, that Biden had cancer. So White House claims that it was a skin cancer, which is which is sad. I know a lot of folks have had that. I wouldn't wish not my greatest enemy. It's a terrible thing. And they noted that the skin lesion was removed during a physical last month. 
in which a basal cell carcinoma, and they claim that type of cancer is extremely treatable, which is good news, and they claim all of the cancerous tissue was removed. So that's good, but it's also all the conspiracy theories are going to pop up because a lot of people have had these suspicions about his health and there haven't been a lot of transparency around it. So this kind of confirms some of that was true. Thankfully, it sounds like the cancer was removed. And I would, so hopefully he's as healthy as can be. And we'll see going forward. Now, going into the business blunder of the day, unfortunately, Tesla has yet another recall. They're doing another recall on the Model Y. And they're currently, the headlines have they're recalling thousands. Again, always read the second, read into it a little bit, or listen to, listen to this so you don't have to. Although I would, I would always say, listen to many media outlets, get a great rounded opinion. And specifically, they're going to recall 3,470 Model Y vehicles made from 2022 to 2023. And the reason is due to a, due to loose bolts in the back seat frame. So thankfully, no one's died from the incident. It's not a catastrophic failure in terms of your engine's not going to blow and you're going to be having to pay for it or have to deal with maybe being without the vehicle for a long time. Now, unfortunately, this is the second time the Model Y has been recall, recalled. In February, Tesla recalled 362,758 Model Y vehicles because they had the self-driving beta software that, quote-unquote, could be unsafe around intersections. So this being a much less recall, much smaller scope, is a lot better, and it is optically is better that they are ahead of the problem, hasn't caused any issues, major issues yet. But there's always been rumors about their quality in terms of certain parts of the car. A lot of people note the gaps between doors. And they're getting better over time. But I think they need to take a little bit extra care of the vehicles, especially when there's already so much scrutiny over Tesla with people saying Elon is dividing his time and not giving his full attention to the company, even though they had a record Q4 profit. But still, the optics around it don't look great. So that, that's got to be the business blunder of the day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to see more content like this, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell your enemies. Heck, tell anyone. Y'all just stay safe and fight the good fight.